Welcome and thank you for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or listening to the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are Two Healthy Chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. Yes. Uh, How are you doing, Ayana? What's in your mug tonight? I am hanging in. I'm feeling better. I'm still a little bit of a struggle. So you know you get that. No makeup face tonight. You know, That's if you're listening, right. now you got to go to <laughs> the TV. See the okay. raw gorgeousness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You always know how to make yeah. a girl feel good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have biohydria in my mouth mm. tonight because, you know, you can always use some extra hydration when you're not feeling mm. 100%. That's you right. You, what's in your mug? Yep, I have got. Do you recognize those people? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that. Well done. Thank you, Doc. Well Thank done. you, Doc. Yeah. Again, you got to check out the video. Um, I am doing detox tea, so I am starting thirty days detox. So here ah. we go. What day are you on? One. Okay. There you go. Day one. It's the start mm-hmm. of all things great. Yes. Feeling good. Which awesome. is like the perfect segue to our topic this evening. Yes. So. Our big topic is why buy organic? And my husband should appreciate this one, should he choose to listen, because this is a conversation at the grocery store all the time, (laughs) all the time. So I can't wait to dive into this one. (laughs) Yes. So we are going to be covering questions like, what is organic? What is the importance or relevance of soil and the power of plants? Yeah. So do you buy organic, Jenny? I think I know the answer to this question. So, yes, I do. Yes and no. It's always, it's, it's, this is going to be a great conversation tonight because like I know about like the dirty dozen and the things that quote unquote, you know, I should be getting, but then it gets dirt, you know, gets expensive. And then like I pick and choose, I go back and forth all the time. So yes and no is the answer. (laughs) A lot of things more so, but probably not everything. I think, okay, so my answer is similar, but for different reasons. Mine is yes and no, but because there aren't always the things that I need organic. And it's just a matter of I need to find the local farms. I need to, Mm -hmm. you know, do more of the local shopping so that I don't have to worry about what Mm -hmm. the grocery store does or does not have. So shame on me. I need to do a little bit more on my end. But yeah. It's usually just a matter of not being available. Well, and you know, that makes me think of something too. And I don't know if we'll necessarily get into this tonight, but um, just thinking about like buying, you said buying local and then also just buying in season. So then you're saying like, you know, just, well, this is not the season for that fruit. So we will not be buying it. <laughs> like my friend, the avocado that, you know, you know how I feel about avocados. It's a love hate relationship. I feel like, you know, there's a window of like 30 seconds where an avocado <laughs> is ripe. So there's that, but yeah. yes, I do need to buy them in season. That would probably be more. Wait, helpful. what is the season for an avocado? I don't even know. <laughs> if I knew, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> for them. I guess it makes sense there would be, but I never really thought about that. It's always avocado season. (laughs) I feel like we're going to learn tonight. So hopefully our listeners and our watchers will learn along with us. All right. I I have a lot to learn. (laughs) Clearly we both do. Thankfully we have a guest tonight who will be able to help demystify some of the questions and misconceptions of buying organic and what it's all about. Um, and hopefully be able to tell us when we should or should not be buying avocados. <laughs> um, so Lindsaya Van Dusen is an intuitive wellness strategist and passionately empowers people struggling to feel good in their skin and have a desire to live a happy, healthy, and well life. I have to say, I met Lindsaya, well, not met, but virtually met, oh goodness, I want to say in March. And it was through Clubhouse, which I'm hoping that we'll get to dive into today. And I mean, just like fast friends, I think that she has so much to offer in the the realm of healthy living and everything that we're about. So I'm very excited to welcome my friend, Lindsaya. Yay! Welcome! Welcome, welcome. Hello. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. I was like just ready to keep watching you guys all (laughs) 
We have to get warmed up for you so it's not a cold. <laughs> I love spark. it. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I know it's late, and you know, <laughs> us gals, we get really chatty and silly this time of night. So just bear with us. <laughs> Makes it more interesting that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be we'll slapping more for bloopers sure. that way. Ayana knows I'm like I'm always I'm like early to bed, but I'm grateful to be here. So it's all good. <laughs> thank thank you. you for staying up for us. <laughs> so let's just jump into it. Lindsay, what is organic? What does that mean? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to give you my, you can look it up. You could look up USDA organic. So of course, I'm not going to go read you a, a, <laughs> the uh, you know definition. I think everyone listening to the show is our intelligent humans. But the way that I explain it to people is that it's in the US, it's the most optimal form of certified growing we have. So it doesn't mean that it's the best growing available. Um, in fact, that would be more in the regenerative uh, department. And that would, of course, include organic foundational principles. It's just that and expanded. So it really grows on top of that. But we don't have... Um, we don't have universal labeling for that yet. And uh, organic here in the U.S. means that 700 chemicals are no longer allowed in the food. So when you choose organic, you're choosing off tops to ensure that 700 chemicals are no longer allowed. By the way, this is a really small amount of chemicals that are removed from food. We're one of the worst globally, mm. especially in terms of, you know, what we would consider um our, you know, level of, uh, of success here <laughs> or, you know, the fact that we're a first world country, but the, the European um, union does nearly double that. And so we, we are far behind, but it's the best available. And that means that the, the produce is grown with particular practices and it can't come in contact with these particular chemicals. It doesn't mean, and so I hear this objection a lot, that it is, um, it is not chemical free. And that's true. There are mm -hmm. a lot of things still allowed. Um, at, and the other reality is that when food is shipped, it comes in contact with everything from, you know, the environmental toxins from its shipping compartment to what is allowed to be put on that food. I heard you ladies talking about avocados. Avocados aren't <laughs> in season nearly anywhere yet. We hear that we eat them all year round. So um, they are. <laughs> that's why it's 30 spring. second window up of opportunity. But they are a, um, they are, I mean, they do, they have a large harvesting window, but the truth is, is that unless you're living in a territory with avocado, they're traveling a very long distance to get to us. And so Can I ask yeah. a quick question about avocados um, to diverge just a little bit. So I know a lot of them will say avocados from Mexico, like are, are avocados grown in the U S at all? Um, there are, there are like some Haas um, avocados, there are some farms, and then there are some that are down, um, you know, there, there's primarily down in South America. And there, the truth is, is I would point people towards a really informative, um, informative show that actually talks about, you know, what our consumption of avocados has created because our addiction to them as the healthy fat has absolutely made a huge impact on, on many people. I don't think we even realize. So sometimes mm -hmm. conscious consumption isn't only what labeling is on the product, but it's also how was it grown? How was it harvested? Mm -hmm. How, um, what did, what had to be diverted so that those growing conditions could be, um, could be sustained. There's a lot that goes into it that I think we often, because of our level of disconnect, just aren't aware right. of in, in today's world. Interesting. I would have never guessed that because you hear that a lot about coffee, but I've never heard that connected to avocados. So, and that is interesting because it is kind of like the opposite, like it is such a healthy thing. So eat it, eat it, eat it, but you don't think of the reverse. So that's fascinating. Now you mentioned, is, it, is there something specific that you would direct us to as far as like research or, um, a video or something based on that concept of like this over indulgence on avocados. Well, I don't think it's overindulgence on avocados. Let's not single out because as soon as we start making superfoods super and other foods bad, we really <laughs> eliminate people's uh, the real the real ideal um, diet, which is a a very diverse diet mm -hmm. and a lot of plant nutrition. Right. So, I think the idea is ensure that we have variety all of the time 
striving to eat in season is going to be obviously optimal both for your your body because the food didn't have to travel as far. I mean, right. it stayed in a ripening phase. And it really where, think about it just like a baby. You know, a baby, what does it do at the end when it's staying in for those last couple of weeks? It's growing really quickly. We've got a lot of brain development, lung function. We get all those those real critical factors in those last um, weeks of, of pregnancy. And so can a baby survive outside the womb when born primarily? Absolutely. But there are more they're up against. Yes. In the terms of plants, when they're picked prematurely, they're not as nutritionally sound. So if we're, if we're eating things that have to be picked early to survive transit, they're nutritionally depleted. And if we then compound that with buying conventional produce, it means that we're exposed to more chemicals in the consumption of that food. And we have negatively impacted our soil which is directly connected to all of our home at the same time. And so this is where when we start to see how that decision compounds into, you know, the kind of the, the snowball, snowball downhill effect, mm -hmm. we can start to step back and think, well, what really is best for me or best for future generations, the kids I'm leaving behind, the grandbabies I may hope to have. And then we start to, we really start to make our decisions from there. Hmm. Wow. That's a lot to think That's, about. It is. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> all, it just, you know, it's hard enough to make a, a, a list to go to the grocery store. And then it's like, okay, let's add on more things to think about. So this is good to really process through. Yeah. And I say that like, not in, in the way that it's a lot to think about. I don't want to be bothered, but it's a lot to think about when it could just be a simple answer of, as buying organic, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is a lot to consider there. It's just, it's very interesting. I'm just processing. So let me ask you that then, or does buying organic solve that? Like is organic typically local then? I mean, my yeah, organic bananas, really, I don't think are grown locally. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question. So no, they're, th these are not mutually exclusive terms. If that's the proper way of saying it. they, whatever, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got you. No. <laughs> <laughs> One does not mean the other is what I'm trying to say. So um, organic does not mean local. So to simplify, and I heard both of you and I just saw the pause, like, whoo, that's a lot to process. And then what do we often find happens in that moment of fear that there's a lot to do? We freeze, right? So let's unfreeze this really quick so that everyone <laughs> tuning in to Two Healthy Chicks isn't like, great, this is really freaking hard and I don't know what to do. So, Simple like that. Simple. <laughs> I want to give some solutions. One is when shopping in a traditional grocery store, organic is your best choice of produce. It's going to eliminate the most amount of environmental toxins for us, which are endocrine disruptors, uh, gut disruptors, and more. Okay. So when we choose to remove those, we see less. When we buy organic, we see less, and the environment sees less. So that's what you're voting for when you choose that produce option. Right. When you go into packaged food, I really say at this point, using Environmental Working Group, EWG, or Think Dirty, they're both apps. I think those are great ways where you can trade one item. And I actually always encourage three to five items every time you go to the grocery store. So what does this mean? You make a list of just like you would your normal grocery list. I actually have a little hack on the way I teach people to make grocery lists. Um, but you make your grocery list. You choose three to five items on there that you're upgrading for your health. You find the brands first before you go to the store. You screenshot them so you don't have to look for a name because a new box is never recognizable. <laughs> You look at the picture on the list because in the note section of almost every single smartphone, you can add in the screenshot. You go to the store, you replace the item. And the funny thing about humans is it will become a habit as we see it in our cabinet. So as it's there, the more we see it, we'll go back to the store. It will just become our new brand. And as we do this bit by bit, it's completely achievable to work through the food that's in our home and to bring in better food as we go. And the final thing I'll add to make this also very achievable and even more nutritionally optimal is when it's possible. So I encourage everybody, find a local farmer's market, 
purchase your organic produce from the farmer's market or CSA, start there, fill in the rest at the grocery store. And the more we can make that our habit, we'll be eating optimally. The only thing better would be growing our own. And of course, that's something I'm enthusiastic about too, but. (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm definitely going to jump in on that one because I'm just, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting the moment, but we'll get to that. So I just wanted to review because, you know, this is perfect Facebook material for, you know, our Facebook group, Two Healthy Chicks, the number two, you know. Shameless plug. Um, The grocery list. Choose three to five items that you're upgrading for your health. Research before you leave the house and take a screenshot of those brands so that it's easily recognizable at the grocery store. Did I miss something? I feel like I missed something. Okay. Okay. So the only, the only thing, it's not a miss, but the ad in there is that run that item. The way you're going to know your new item is mm-hmm. by using environmental working group app, the healthy living yes. app or think dirty that those or are great databases that can provide you with cleaner options because they have a, a, a rating system. So it tells you how's your food rated. Yeah. Perfect. And I did get those two apps, EWG and think dirty so that you can find in our Facebook group. And then the, just, I guess the, the best way to go about it is just like you said, start at the local farmer's market. And then fill in what you don't get there at the grocery store. I like that. That actually makes me feel better because then I don't feel like um, I'm having to make this choice. Ooh, well, they do have this organic here. I wonder what they're going to have at the farmer's market. That makes more sense to start there and then fill in. Makes perfect sense. I I will add another little um, hack um, that I just started doing and um, just to kind of help with this or whatever and and with the cost and things. But one of those um, online subscription things that you can do, I guess I won't say the name of which one I'm doing, but that you can um, order and it's um, fruits and vegetables and things that are going to expire soon or just a little awkward or can't sell too well. And then you can get your organic things through that and pay a lower price. So I am dipping my toe into that and trying for the convenience. And like, I will definitely get all organic there because it's lower price. So that's something that I'm trying as well. So maybe that's another, another thought. And I love your tip for doing just a couple things each time. I think that's brilliant because that's what I did when I switched to gluten-free and dairy-free. And it's overwhelming to try to figure out what, you know, everything to do. So it's like, okay, let's just replace one thing at a time, you know, two things Mm -hmm. at a time. So I think that's brilliant. That's awesome. 1% better every day. So I do have a friend who's using that service. I don't know if it's the same one or not. Have you received your first shipment? I have. I just, yeah, I just got my second one today. And are you happy so far? So far I I am. Yes. There you go. So if you want to know more, check it out in our Facebook group. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Let's move on. You did mention something, Lindsay, about the soil. And I want to touch on that. And, you know, we kind of dibbled and dabbled into it a little bit. But the importance of our soil and like, how does it play into this concept of um, buying organic, eating organic and our overall health? I know that you talked about how um, our environment is impacted when we buy organic. But can you just dig a little deeper? (laughs) Huh, no pun intended, but that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and talk about the soil. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I've been like sitting on my hands, you guys, because what you don't know about me is I like talk with my hands a lot, but my Go fingers are Do so it. like, I have so much dirt because I've been in the soil that I'm like, I don't want my hands <laughs> on camera at all. <laughs> awesome. um, so the, yeah, I'll absolutely dig deeper. So, you know, here I'm, it's going to start with some not great news, you guys. And, and I've got to bring it here because I believe that change comes from a foundation of truth. So the truth is, is I think if you are one to watch the news right now, you could turn on any station from any perspective and see that our world is absolutely shifting in terms of significant climate experiences. Mm -hmm. Call it what you want. I'm not here to have that deep conversation, but here's the truth is that even organic's not good enough. Even sustainable isn't good enough. If we sustain what we're doing right now, we actually, our trajectory is still going upward. So sustaining 
means we would still be climbing. And that isn't actually working as we can all see. So it really, some call this like the great reset. I call this the great awakening. It's our opportunity to truly become woke to what really works and what isn't serving any of us. It's not serving our health. It's not serving the environment. It's not serving all the, you know, microbes that are needed to create this bountiful, you know, (laughs) environment that we all call home. So the truth of the matter is, is that we have a large amount of carbon. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. We have a large amount of, um, yeah, I just said that properly. We have a large amount of carbon in our atmosphere. I'm like, it is getting late. Can you see? But the, and we're so used to hearing that trees, we need to plant trees. We need to plant trees. Now, listen, plant all the trees. I believe in it too. Like green the world and put it back. But what we haven't been taught is that soil actually traps more carbon than all the trees and all the water combined. That's a lot of carbon. And one of the issues, one of the number one issues is we have soil erosion because of the chemicals in way we farm. So our disruption to mother earth, truly herself, the way that we have decided that sterilization would provide a more bountiful, you know, growing season and less headaches along the way. We have eroded our topsoil, losing key microbes and losing the opportunity to trap carbon because the soil turns to dirt. And everyone remembers, I'm sure if you read a history book, the Dust Bowl, which was created by over farming. So humans have the capacity to completely change our climate by our practices. And so our soil matters. And the more that we can make a positive impact, the more we're truly planning for a future that is possible because without it, this world doesn't support life. It doesn't support human life specifically in many of the other species. So what can we do? Because again, I said, it's going to start kind of dark and I'm not here to like doom and gloom. The reality is this is where we are. And if we, if we focus on where we are and we get stuck in that, then we won't be able to move forward. So there's always a forward. And the forward things we can do is number one, if you own a home or you have access to being the one who is in a decision making position in terms of what goes on your plot of land, meaning sprayed applications, I beg you, please stop. Please step away from the identity that affluency is determined by the symmetry of blades of grass in our lawn and that we need singular life forms in our lawns as a way to prove that we're successful. Our greenery is intended to be as diverse as we would hope our gut microbes would be. And so the more that we reduce life form in our soil, the less diverse the soil is in its microbes. So we have become a weed-free zone, just as neurotic as we've become with hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes and Lysol. We've equally done that in terms of the way we treat our soil. And so we need to stop sterilizing everything. We need to understand that we are in communion with these living microbes. There are more of them than us, even in one little handful of soil. And they build us. There's actually, we're less human cells than we are everything else. So we become so good to to believe human first, yet without them, humans don't exist. So stop spraying your lawn. And then if you are in a place of influence, if you have a voice, if you want to become an advocate, take this conversation to your schools, have them stop spraying where our babies play, local parks, townships, counties, cities. It doesn't matter. I am watching. And so the, what I will encourage everybody, and I have no affiliation outside of truly being an advocate for this um, mission is farmer's Farmers. footprint. And so I encourage everybody to follow the farmer's footprint, to understand this mission and to become soil advocates. Because as we all know better and we truly speak and stand for the very thing we're going to be all standing on for our entire life, I truly believe the more connected we'll be not only to our food, to each other, and truly as community. And so that is soil. That is one heck of an answer. 
Hansaya, and I appreciate every bit of it. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's great when we can give our listeners, including ourselves, because I'm sure I can speak for both Jenny and I, when that is a lot to think about. And it's, it's unfortunate that, cause I've heard it, you know, you and I have been in many a clubhouse, um, but it's unfortunate that this is not more of a conversation in more mainstream avenues. Um, so hopefully, you know, we're, we're shedding some light and I, I love the idea, uh, like your second piece, don't just stop spraying your own, but take the conversation. If you want to be an advocate, that makes perfect sense, especially where our children play. I think that will, that should hit a ton of mama bears. I know it got me in the gut. Okay. So that I think is a perfect place to pause, hit the perfect, like the perfect segue to our break. Um, we will actually come back and um, we're going to dive into more of the power of plants. Um, and yeah, I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. <laughs> and we are Two Healthy Chicks on SM Enlightenment Radio TV and Two Healthy Chicks Podcast. See you in the next segment. Welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Ayana. And we are Two Healthy Chicks, providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. And we are talking about all things organic. So soil, we just wrapped up an amazing conversation on soil. So if you are just joining us now and somehow missed the first part of the conversation, you definitely need to go back and listen to that. Um, we're talking about our health and why we should consider shelling out a few extra coins for organic. Yes. And I'm so grateful again, Lindsay, for thank Thank you for joining us. Like, just like Jenny said, the conversation, it just, it really gave a lot to think about. So segueing from soil now, let's move into the power of plants, because I know you have so much to share about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, here is where, and you know what I love is I love, um, of course, there are always things we have to learn in my opinion, so that it's the why behind whatever it is we're choosing. And so um, in terms of plants, there are so many whys in terms of consuming them. So I'll share with you just like some of my very favorite things that I first learned. And then of course, anything you want to ask. Um, and I wasn't always plant-based and I'm not a person who thinks that every single person has to be plant exclusive. But I do think that we all will be benefited by being more plant forward. And definitely in terms of the standard American diet, I think plant curious is an absolute must. So plant curious means that on a regular ba basis in my mind, every day or multiple times a week, you're putting something on your plate you've never had before. Because if, I, if we can remain curious, we're stepping in the right direction. But in terms of the power of plants, I was a girl who used to host paleo challenges, you guys. So I bought, a, you know, I would order a grass fed free range, like the most, you know, I mean, you could go sleep with the cow, no BS. You could go sleep with the cow if you wanted to. And I would buy a whole cow for me and many other families, more than one, and we would divide it up. So I'm not here like, you know, in this I wasn't raised since I was a baby as a vegan or anything like that. But here are some things that happened to me when I started learning about the power of plants. Number one, I never knew that true opportunity to fight free radicals, which like if everyone right where they are right now takes a really deep breath in and a really deep breath out, you just created oxidative stress and oxidative stress creates free radicals. And free radicals in our body have to be mitigated. They have to be essentially neutralized. And the only thing in the world that neutralizes free radicals are antioxidants. And guess where they live? 
plant plant food. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Like I was a hundred percent a girl who was worried about, am I getting enough protein? I was a weightlifter and a competitive CrossFitter and a coach. And I cared so much about performance and how much protein I was getting that I didn't even understand that true recovery came from reducing free radicals so I could have less inflammation in every system in my body. So not only when I started eating more plants, did I start recovering faster, but I was able to throw away my inhaler at the age of 32. I had regular menstruation that I used to have the most painful and heavy bleeding and it balanced itself out and my hormones and my thyroid became back in balance. My acne cleared up. I sleep better. So my, my weight shifted, of course, but I'll be honest, when I first went plant-based, my weight went up because I was eating vegan products that weren't grown in the ground. I was eating more vegan junk food. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when it comes to plants, you know, I I'll preach and scream and, and share with anybody who will ever give me the opportunity because they've been so profound in my life for sure. That's amazing. I mean, I, I listen to like the benefits and I know, um, you know, how the skin reacts and you just, you, you feel better, but the, um, the piece about inflammation, I think that probably will hit so many of our listeners because again, you know, you look at the American diet and it, even when we think we're we're eating healthy, and I'm speaking solely of my own experience, when we think that we are eating healthy, many times we're nowhere near being healthy because it's just a matter of good marketing. You know, just like you talked about that vegan junk food, you think, okay, I'm going to shift my lifestyle. Let me go to the grocery store. Okay, what's on the shelf? Nope. That's, that's not, that's not where we typically should be. Um, and I think that that's the reason that inflammation may peak a, a lot of interest. And I know it just, it peaked a lot of interest in me. So hopefully feeling the same for our listeners. Um, I love the term plant curious. I've heard of plant forward. I've heard of plant I've never heard that before. Curious. What's that one? More Facebook content. So, you know. My kids don't love it, but <laughs> yeah, that well, okay. So yeah, the kids, I mean, with them, that I mean, that really to me is the way that we encourage kids is obviously by modeling first. Yes. So more than anything, I know we always say involve them, but children must first witness before they ever be, before we ever start grabbing their little fingers and trying to teach them the walk first, they witness first, they watch. And so the first thing that we ever have to do when we expect our children to do something is do it first. And then the next thing is get them involved, have them take part, make it fun, make it vibrant. I mean, the truth is, is that, uh, you know, children's brains actually need the long chains from sugar or the long chain sugars from fruit. So feed them tons of fruit. There's tons of colors there, lots of antioxidants. It's mm-hmm. a great way to step them into eating far more plants than they ever, you may mm-hmm. have ever thought. So that's a good way to get the kids involved. And then I know Ayana knows about my passion of growing year round. And my growing system has two forms of curriculum. It has core-based uh, curriculum and project-based learning curriculum. And when you're able to have lesson plans, and this is for grades K through eight, So when a child is involved, not only in the maybe choosing, chopping and consuming, but they're part of the growing, they're part of the nurturing, they're part of the witnessing it come to fruition and seeing the fruit truly of their labor, it's a different experience. And so that's one of the reasons that, you know, I think it's so important to get children involved in growing, even if it's windowsill herbs, but Mm -hmm. show them that by something as simple as putting a seed in the ground, they can grow something beautiful. I love that. That's you awesome. the, uh, the educator in both of us, I'm sure. Yes. So we're both teachers. Yes. No, I love um, that. Or, and it, it is. When funny. you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. But go ahead. Yeah, that was so true. And it, it is fun. I mean, we do we do a garden in the summer, and then we also have um, raspberry plants. And my my dad has a very extensive garden at home, and I grew up with that, and we grew a lot of things. And so one of our gifts when we moved into our house was they gave us some of the raspberry plants. So we've had a raspberry patch um, ever since we've lived in our house. And for whatever reason, the last two years, like, just did not produce. And it was so disappointing. But 
they're back. And so it's just so fun. And so even tonight, like my one daughter went out, she's like, oh, get me a bowl and just went and, you know, picked them all. And it just, it's so, it's so, and that's for that reason, like I don't buy raspberries at the store. I just don't. I'm like, I, I call myself a raspberry snob. I'm like, once you've had them off, you know, you can just pick up, like, I don't buy them at a season. I don't buy them in the store. Like that's the only, and my kids are like, no, buy us raspberries. I'm like, no, eat them off the bush. That's the only time we eat them. <laughs> It's not the only thing I'm like that about, but oh man, there's nothing like a raspberry off the bush. <laughs> well, then you're the, you're the perfect ahead. person for a deep freezer to do large pack picking so that you have it year round in frozen form. You're, you're like a, who I would, when working with a client, you'd be the fir per first person that I would say that would probably be a really great preservation method for you to be able to optimize yeah. in season fruits, specifically those kinds, you know? I, I definitely do that with the uh, blueberries and strawberries because we have that. I just never pick enough, but we have, um, they grow right near us. And so we go in season <laughs> and pick them and like do the whole thing and wash them and freeze them. And so it doesn't last us all winter, but a good chunk of it. <laughs> I just need to get more. <laughs> it's funny. My family does it with collard greens. There's, you know, that divide. Yeah. Anyway, I digress, but I feel like a, a raspberry recipe coming along. Her daughter has the best recipes. Um, all right. So with the plants, it actually, you kind of piqued something in me because I'm not plant curious and it, it didn't dawn on me until this conversation. I typically go for the same veggies all the time. We go for broccoli, Brussels, um, green beans, like the, the usual suspects in our household. So I need to venture out. And I, I'm lucky because I have a child who is very venturous. Like when it comes to food, um, she she will venture pretty much into anything. She'll try anything at least once. So I have perfect reason to explore and be more plant curious. So thank you. Um, and, you know, I'm going to harass you for nice a nice little list that we can add to Facebook for <laughs> veggies that you may not have thought of trying. Yeah. So yes. That. So along with that, yeah. do you have um, maybe you offer a resource or have an idea of where to go to like, you know, a list would be great, but also like, what the heck do you do with it? <laughs> like, it's great <laughs> to have new ones. But like I did that with the recipe that it called for. What did it, it call for bok choy? I had never bought mm. bok choy. I legit was looking it up. I I'm like, it. I don't even know what it looks like. Like, I don't know how I'm going to find it in the grocery store. And then what the heck am I going to do with it? So, and yeah. So like you kind of need that now, right? too. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, what, here's one of the, it's funny that you said, uh, bok choy or pak choy, depending on how people pronounce it, but I never knew what that was either until I grew it. And so one of the ways that I've probably had the most fun specifically with the diversity in greens is that here I live in Michigan. And so, you know, we have like two foot of snow six months out of the year. Not really. I'm exaggerating, but you know, it's cold. You can't grow outdoors. Um, and even if you try to grow in a school, everything actually comes to fruition when the children are already home for the summer. So they don't actually get to take part in that harvesting and experience. Um, but when I like am growing year round and I have 20 to 28 growing stations and you're primarily doing herbs and greens and microgreens when you're indoors, I mean, that's a lot of different stations to fill with lettuces and herbs. And so I actually have created diversity in what we consume because it's right there, pickable steps from my kitchen. But when it comes to what to buy, um, so it depends, you know, I don't think that it's a one size fits all. So some people really need a recipe. I am not at all a recipe. I, like I am a cook. I just, this is how I do it. But I, I do provide, and I, when I work with clients, I have a, a recipe database so that they can choose recipes and create a shopping list from that. But if you buy a, if you see something that you've never seen, if you're like me and you're kind of more of a cook, then when you're in the grocery store, you pick something up you've never seen, and then you create a recipe from it. Meaning you put that into the search engine recipes with jicama, recipes with, you know, uh, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that people, turnips, recipe with leeks, and people won't necessarily know what that is. And so 
that's the fun thing. I tell people, don't overwhelm yourself. You shouldn't go home with a carton full of stuff. You have no right. idea what it is. <laughs> Not a good <laughs> idea. Probably going to end up in the trend. <laughs> you know, um, you're, you're typically good with just a, a few, but yeah, it's a fun way. And, and it's important. The reason that it's important is that what has the latest in research. And, and that is something that's big for me. I'm, I'm not medically trained. I had to be trained on what to look for in terms of good research by someone who that's their profession is research. Cause I really didn't know. Mm. I didn't know the difference between gold standard and, you know, in, in general research that can be like a clinical trial, but not necessarily, um, you know, to the published level, all these things, but the latest in research is that more than anything else in terms of, um, importance of food, it's diversity. Diversity is the most important thing in relationship to gut health. And so we often overwhelm ourselves with thinking how much of something we would have to eat. Like, oh, I, you know, I'd have how many, I'd have to eat so many salads or I'd have to eat, like, do I have to eat, um, sal- you know, cucumbers at every meal? It's right. more of, if we look at our plate and the majority of all is the rainbow of as, mar- as many varieties as we can possibly put every time that we sit down, the more that we lean into that kind of concept, the more we're going to be optimizing our health. Yeah. I love that. That's something that Dr. B said um, in his book um, that really stood out to me. That was a big takeaway there was eat the rainbow. (laughs) Just whatever you do, just eat Mm -hmm. the rainbow. So I love that. (laughs) And it is, and it's simple. And especially when you think, you know what um, I think is, is um, very eye-opening when you step into this is much like Ayana. I thought that we ate really well. I took a buttload of vitamins. I had my blood tested every six months. I worked with a health practitioner, uh, you know, a naturopath that had me on all of the things. And I thought I was doing really well until I was challenged to write down all the plants that I had consumed in the last week that I could remember. Hmm. And for my children. And what I recognized is seen as Harvard says that uh, we need an average of seven to 13 servings of plants every single day. And I looked at that and there was no chance, particularly with my children, that I was getting anywhere near that. And the variety was so small because it was like carrots, celery, cucumber, like the stereotypical Mm -hmm. grapes strawberries, all the Mm -hmm. things we are used to seeing on kids' plates. And it, when I recognized that optimal health was definitely not going to be achieved by that small window of produce, I knew I had to expand on that. Yeah. Wow. That's a good exercise. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Just hearing this and, and having this conversation, it made me think that, um, Pretty much every fruit and vegetable that my family eats, you can probably find as a cartoon somewhere. Like you're not going to find a bok choy as a cartoon, a rhubarb. Like, you know, we eat all the usual suspects. That's that's what we're taught in school. That's what we're taught at home. Um, So, yeah, that that's that's very intriguing. So, Lindsay, you touched on like these many growing stations that you have and all of these plants and everything around your home steps from your kitchen. Tell us more because, you know, I'm intrigued and I'm so ready. Yeah, well, it's how I started growing. You guys, the truth is, is if you were to walk in my house right now. I could probably tell you right where a dead succulent is. Okay. I'm trying to bring, trying to bring it back, but, uh, she never tells me she's hungry and I always forget to water her. So the joke back in the day, eight years ago was that I like had the opposite of a green thumb. We would call it a black thumb. Like I just killed everything. Everything would be like black and dead and like dying and brown and just like, eh. because it, you know, and I would say, if it doesn't have a mouth to remind me that it's hungry, I'll forget to water it. Um, and, and the other thing is, is that I actually had raised beds. My husband had put raised bed gardens. I didn't know back then, but we used treated lumber. So if you're out there with a raised bed lumber or raised bed garden with treated lumber, please, this is a caution. No, that's a very big, no talk about not organic produce. That's like the furthest from organic produce because of what that lumber is treated with and what it's leaching into the soil. So I had 
So of course I was miserably failing because my, my soil was contaminated and what I wasn't killing and forgetting to water the animals were eating. So I found from a picture, it was actually at one of my gyms um, that I coached at. And one of the clients there came in and she had shoved a flyer for a talk she was going to. She had like just shoved it in her wallet um, up by our whiteboard. And I could see the picture sticking out at the top. And it was like this really sci-fi looking garden. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> she was like, I have no idea. She was like, I, she had just left her chiropractor's office. She's like, I have no idea. I was just at my chiropractor's office and they have one and a doctor's coming in to talk about it and like, give all the deets. Do you want to go? I was like, uh, yeah, I need to go. I need to be there. So I went with her, learned about, like saw this, you know, sci-fi thing that was created at Epcot, used with NASA, researched by the second large or second best agriculture school in the U.S. to show that if you grow for six months, you have paid for the unit. Everything that point and beyond is literally a savings and groceries. So I was like, what is this thing? And then it got away from me for like three years. You guys, I didn't add it into my life for three years. I, I didn't think I had enough room. I didn't know if it would be hard. It circled back. Um, and this next time I, I brought it into my home. And so what it is, is it's a vertical growing, um, tower, if you will, it plugs into the wall. So it turns its own water on and off. So it waters itself. So I, and it's on a timer. Oh, I don't hey. have to be reminded. <laughs> I like that. Um, it feeds itself. So as it's watering, the nutrients are actually there. Uh, nothing more than nitrogen and bare minerals um, connected, but you feed the water to make it rich with nutrients, like really nutrient rich soil would be. So this is not to be in instead of um, soil gardening, meaning I believe that I believe soil is optimal, but not available for all. I also think that um, climate means like I'm a soil gardener, but I can't do that in the winter. So this gives me the opportunity to have food sovereignty all year round. I have the ability to feed myself with food. I grow all by my, all by myself all year and it's plugged into the wall. Like I said, feed it itself, no water or no weeding. And then indoors, you're probably going to fill your water every three to four weeks outdoors, maybe every one to two weeks, you'll be refilling the water. So again, it's not high maintenance. It's amazing. You can grow anything that you would grow above the ground in it. So no root vegetables. And honestly, it's, you know, it, it's beautiful to look at, but for me, the simplicity, the ability to fail, pull out, you know, a lettuce or a kale and plop a new one in. <laughs> if something went awry, it's like foolproof. So um, I think that's an important part is that to want to, to, to remain encouraged to continue stepping forward, there has to be, um, there has to be some wins. In yeah. my opinion. And this for me was a win. And if I had never won, I would have never been brave enough to have a 700 square foot now USDA recognized farm in, you know, that we have here at the house. So our, our land was just, um, was just certified because we've moved forward in that way because of what this has taught us. I'm just really looking forward to being able to pick a salad out of my kitchen because I can't tell you how many times the lettuce just, I've tried so many different ways. You either, you buy the, the hearts of romaine, you chop it yourself, but I can't get through it. Or I buy the salad mix that I don't really like because I don't like all, it's just ridiculous. So I want to pick a salad out of my kitchen. There you go. And you're going to pick all those greens and like them. You're going to pick them all because exactly. it's going to taste better. Cause it's, I'm ready. I, I can't wait to see the picture of it, which we will have to put in our Facebook group because I want to see it. <laughs> we still have some time before this happens. Just say it. <laughs> I'll take a picture of mine and give it to you guys and you can post it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. I mean, it's been so informative and i'm very 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 happy to say that you are going to join us again next week for a conversation Yay. on dairy free that is of course if we haven't scared you off um, <laughs> um, how can people get in contact with you i'm so I, I people always say don't say this but like social media platforms all social media platforms i've yet to meet another linzea so linzea.com is pretty much every social platform. If you type in Lindsay, which is simply Lindsay with an A on the end on any social media, you're going to find me. 
And the other thing is you can text me. We are actually, we're excited. We're, I'm getting ready to host another 10 day plant-based challenge. There's, it's completely free. There's no commitment, but in community, we step forward and we make this not only the plant-based commitment, but other health commitments so that we can choose to show up together. So people want to be in with me, <laughs> we'll be doing it in the Facebook group. Um, I provide extra support via direct um, text messaging. And so you can just text me and say, what's up? Say you want to join, ask a question. I'm there. Yeah, I had um, definite FOMO on the last one. So I think I'm going to join this one. So there's that. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see you next week, Lindsay. Cannot wait. Thank you, Thank Lindsay. You, <laughs> Awesome. Um, so we are definitely going to have all that information for you in our Facebook group. Yes. So excited about that. Yes. And so definitely check out our Facebook group and our A-Pod, of course, goes along with all of the veggies. Um, and it is our superfood green. So on the I mean, we could not have better planned that. Like the conversation, we weren't even expecting that. This is Perfect. And of course, no substitute for eating veggies. No, no substitute. But sometimes when you just are having a tough time to get that in, when you realize like, oh my gosh, it didn't happen or whatever Mm -hmm. the reason is, there's nice to have a really good backup. And this is nice because it has prebiotic fiber in it that supports the GI tract. And it's created from a key blend of targeted nutrition that you know, targeted, um, eat the rainbow, right? It has a rainbow. So it has greens, yellows, reds, blues, all kinds of things like blueberry, elderberry, red beet, pomegranate, pumpkin, carrot, banana, spirulina, alfalfa grass. I could go on. So yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> what you say? I said, yeah, there's 36 of them. Eat the yes, rainbow. Absolutely. There's a whole lot of them. So it's an easy way to eat the rainbow. I don't know how we always do this. We always cram at the end because we run out of time, but there's just always such good information. Really quick, what is your random fact, Jenny? My random fact is that I lived on an orchard for a little while when I grew up. Once again, something that we learn every single time, an orchard. Wow. Yes. Going in, um, yeah, picking the fruit and um, hiding in apples? the fruit shed. And yep, apples. Oh there was it, mainly apples, but it was um, lots of stuff like, now I'm thinking apple pie. Oh, yeah. I, I, apple cider. Apple oh, the best apple cider. Fresh apple cider. Oh, it's amazing. So good. I'm an apple okay. cider snob. So too. mine is quite the opposite. <laughs> yes. What's yours? I do not have a green thumb, which is exactly why I'm interested in this tower garden. Because let me go. tell you, the first time I tried to garden, it rained the day before and I didn't think about it. And a worm popped up. And yep, I was all done. That's it. <laughs> The ground just stayed dug up and until, you know, somebody put it back, just, I'm all set. No, there better not be any worms in your inside kitchen. No, that's, that's, that is what appeals to me. I probably can't kill it and there won't be any insects. So there you go. It's perfect for you. (laughs) (laughs) That is all for our episode. As usual, we hope you found some golden nuggets. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are two healthy chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. Thanks for tuning in on SM Enlightenment Radio, TV, and the Two Healthy Chicks podcast. Have a great whatever you're having. Bye.